I need adventure and sticks. I don't have money to acquire the adventure and sticks I talked about. I'll go to cool.com. I can't go to cool.com because that is something else. I'll go to kingdomofloathing.com. <laughs> kingdomofloathing.com. Check it totally out. Hey everybody, it's Thursday night and it's time for another Kingdom of Loathing podcast. I'm your host, Jake. And I'm Riff. And I'm your third host, Hot Stuff. Guys, how's it going? Okay. Feels like we didn't do a show last week, but we did. Did, did we? we not? Did we do a show last week? I think week? so. I think we were especially jocular. Really? We were mm. very jovial. Uh, that's good for us. What did we yeah. talk about? I don't, probably the Kingdom of Loathing. Oh. The huh. video game that is our favorite video game. Are we going to start go that far? Doing a podcast about West of Loathing? I don't think so. Because it's not a living card game. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't make sense to do a card game. It doesn't make sense to do a podcast <laughs> about Pinochle the way that it makes sense to do a podcast about Magic the Gathering. Or or Netrunner. Oh, what if Mark uh, Rosewater did a did a podcast about Pinochle? I'd listen to it. I bet he has a lot of great things to say about Pinochle. Sure. Deal to work. His dulcet, dulcet voice and excellent sound quality. Well, I mean... Doing a podcast on your commute is such a clever idea, right? Because it's you're using that time constructively, uh, and you're also getting to work. Yeah, which you have to do anyway. Does he do it every day that he drives? He records a lot more than he publishes, apparently. Oh, okay. Like, he was like, sometimes <laughs> the podcast just isn't good, and so he does it again the next day. Oh, wow. So you, like, kind of practice it. Yeah, I guess. That's kind of clever. I guess he doesn't do much editing. Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Some, sometimes his commute is three minutes. Sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes he says something that is he's, he wasn't supposed to reveal. Oh, huh? Does it have to be vetted? Does each one have to be vetted? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I have just imagined that he's in charge of everything now. <laughs> <laughs> Who would dare? Who would dare tell Mark Rosewater what he could or couldn't does do? Does West of West of Loving does? Wizards of the Coast, Jesus. Does, does Wizards of the Coast own Hasbro or the other way around? Uh, Hasbro owns Wizards of the Coast. Okay. But I think that they got some sort of deal where that made Mark Rosewater the Lord Emperor of Hasbro. Okay. So, Wizards of the Coast did was, like, not so large that they couldn't be purchased. Nothing is so large that it can't be purchased. Oh, that yeah? Stuff. Huh. You have your price. Okay. <laughs> Forty. Are you saying I'm fat? <laughs> $49. That's my final offer. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, cool. Uh, should we talk about anything? We haven't really... D- ah, eh. Podcast <laughs> over. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> We've been working on Crimbo. Yep. We've been working, working on, on the January item of the month. Yep. Working on the content item... Oh, right. Which is not going to be a familiar, okay. but it is going to be Batman. Are are we allowed to say Batman? No, I think it's going to be Batfellow. Batfellow? Yeah, it's going to be really hard. It is going to be really especially because I think everything internally is going to be named Batman. Is the, uh, is the town going to be... Got pork? Yeah. Is that is that real or was I, that just a joke? I think it's real. Okay. Well, it's kind of both, right? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> well, right. It's a real joke, yeah. But sometimes we make jokes for ourselves. Joke I don't know it's a real joke. I don't know that anyone will get it right. Oh, they will. Gotham does not read like a word that the it, second half of it is ham. Once, yeah, once you see it, though, you can't unsee it. And That's it, true. Forever it will always be got ham. I mean, the, the, it was a really brilliant advertising campaign in the 90s. For for the yeah. ham council. Yeah. That ham mustache that you get <laughs> when you're when you were eating ham. Mm. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to answer some questions from Kingdom of Loathing podcast listeners who sure. are presumably Kingdom of Loathing video game players? Here's a question from February of 2014. Infinius writes... The CSA backpack says in this uh, hardcore says this in hardcore about membership. CSA would like to remind you that CSA membership, once initiated, is compulsory and permanent. Nightvale just started listening on the recommendation of this podcast. Says signups are automatic and random. Citizens will know if they or their sons have been chosen by receiving a scarlet envelope. Where does this view of scouts come from? Are they seen as a kid's <laughs> version of those secretive organizations like the Freemasons? It does paint a great picture of a bunch of ten-year-olds plotting to bring about the new world order. It's a weird. Scouting reliquary organization. It's not reliquary. reliquary. It's, it's a, a good it's, word. What though. is the what is the the sort of adjective form of being a relic? Outmoded, I guess. But oh. like hmm. antiquary, Antiqu- antiquated, antiquated, antiquated. Yeah. But it, sure. Yeah, it just seems like a weird. You know, it's like vaguely, that's when things are not equal, right? Is vaguely politically equated. not okay, and. Well, I guess pretty explicitly politically not okay, but like quasi-religious, but not really. It's, it's, I thought it was Christian. I thought the Boy Scouts was definitely Christian affiliated. It's not really explicitly like you. Mm. The, the credo is like, do my duty to God and my country, but they don't like make you prove that you go to church or anything. And all of this sort of. Internal- so it's like the kids version of AA. <laughs> yeah, it's just your higher power. You you do your duty to your higher power in your country. Yeah, uh, and it really is. Like the, always there's like a lot of things where you sit in a circle. Uh, there is no booze at the meetings. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, not that they tell tell anybody about. Oh sure, I mean I'm sure that some some gets smuggled in in the blood of the scoutmaster, <laughs> which then uh, the the scouts are welcome to drink. Uh, while they're sitting in a circle, which is Ooh, a weird that, aspect. Yeah, of that it. that took a weird turn. <laughs> I don't have any particular... You have to establish your blood circle. That's the thing you probably have to do in the scouts. Establish your... And in Night Vale. <laughs> no, no. Establishing your blood circle is a totally real thing. Look it up on the internet. Establishing your blood circle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll look that up. I Someone asked me at, at a party if I knew what that meant. I was like, uh, no. And so then I was required to text a friend of mine who gave me the immediate lowdown on what that was all about. Okay, what did he say? Uh, so when you establish your blood circle, you so it's it's when working with knives, uh, you are be, you become aware of uh, if you were to like swing your knife wildly around, who who would you be harming, and in what way? And so you have to uh, you have to be prepared for these kind mm. of eventualities. Yeah. So it's like you have to develop a kind of a blood dar. Yes. Like you just have to know. So what if? What if you're working next to, like, a shelf on which there are a bunch of, like, buckets of blood? <laughs> okay. I think if if they can be punctured with a knife and you're working with a knife, then you should be aware of them. Okay, so in a Boy Scout enclosure, yeah. 
if there are blood pipes running through the walls, do they have to be marked on the outside of the wall, like uh, power lines? I think you like use like a, a blood finder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's not really like a, you don't, when you are initiated into the scouts, gain a sort of supernatural oh, like a, ability to no, detect blood. There's at a no distance. like weird preternatural. Yeah, no, you have going to on. you have to train for that. There's a merit badge for that. Right. <laughs> okay, for blood dar. Hmm. Anyway, that's where that's where our impression of the scouts came from. Sorry, I lost the questions. Wurtperch says, I was just thinking today about the awful poetry journal dropped by the goth giant. As I recall, it used to have a part to play in the giant garbage quest, but now it's just a doubly sad thing, good for only display cases or auto-selling. Any plans to repurpose it? Apologies for the word repurpose, by the way. I was thinking about it possibly being a combat item of some sort for what it's worth. As ever, thanks for the wonderful and creative work you all put into the game. This was Wurtperch, January of 2014. Huh. I'm trying to clear some of the old questions. There a plan to make some more, like, spell focus offhands? We did that. Oh, well, yeah. So we did some low level ones. And I think that a long time ago, we were going to do some high level ones. I think that I got nervous about making that into gear because it would have required like reducing the drop rate on it, which would have pissed off all of the people who were farming farming that zone. It, I was thinking about stuff like this the other day, not this in particular, but like the hippie stuff, like the wind chimes and the stuff that, that turns into the feng shui and all that stuff. How a lot of the early zones in KOL and the castle counts, right? They had all these drops that were just uh, what thematically would go on in here and we would just make those things and then we would kind of decide what they did but that was after like the drop rates had already been established so hmm. they weren't really balanced with respect to whether they were consumable or not or whether you ever needed more than one in the lifetime of a player or not and yeah that would actually be very interesting if a piece of gear would drop and that would just be the only time it would ever drop or something Oh, like you're just if if there was there were just one time drops that weren't weren't super powerful or rare quest items or even like you could still you could sell them or whatever. Right. Like that weren't called out as being important. I mean, typically, if there's something that you can only get one of, I will make it such that you can't sell it. Right. Um, You know, it's maybe tradable, but you can't just automatically sell it out of your inventory for meat, which that then creates the situation where non-discardability is kind of a weird indicator of value. Right. Because we know that people will be sad if they accidentally sell something that turns out to be important or hard to get. Right. What I was thinking about specifically was, uh, well, I need to make some room in the campsite. So what if I just made the pagoda into a house that you could install mm-hmm. rather than a thing that just goes out in the campsite in its own slot. And then I thought, well, that's a little weird because th- that's another thing that is weird in the way that it works because it's like, there's some things are required to make that that are just normal drops that pile up and don't do anything else. Some things you can only get one of. I didn't really mess with that when I went back in to mess with the palindome stuff. And a lot of that old stuff is just real goofy. And miscellaneous items that don't really do anything. And, like, a new player doesn't know. A new player doesn't know that this thing is, like, nonsense. They don't know what's important and what's not important. And it's just weird 
that stuff that, you know, is it min price in the mall because it's an item that's 13 years old, doesn't do anything, and yet it drops from every third hippie you kill for some reason. That's weird to me. Not a thing that we would necessarily do now, you know? Like, everything at least has some nominal reason to exist. And I mean, I guess everything is, like, part of a recipe or something. Like, there there weren't items ever that just didn't do anything. Um, but yeah, no, that's, uh, that's one of the weird ones. Like, it, you, and again, like, we were trying to figure out, like, oh, what's a little quest you can do in the castle? And it wasn't like we designed a quest. It was like, well, let's see what drops there. Okay, you got to have one of each of these things. Right. And that was the sort of, you know, just weirdly, like, kitchen sink adventure gamey design that characterized a lot of the early things that are not super friendly, you know, and have by and large been replaced by things that are a lot more scrutable. Gullwacker wrote in January of 2014, Morning, I'm going to blend both topics. Wonder what he was talking about. I have no idea. Uh, Any plans for a tea garden in KOL? Not a garden, but a tree, as it turned out. Sure. Maybe I stole this idea from Gullwacker. When I had it, when I had the idea in the shower that day for what the KOL con item for this year was going to be, maybe what I was actually having was a memory of Gullwacker asking this question. In the shower? Yeah. I usually think about Gullwacker in the shower. Hmm. Not surprising. Actually, I usually think about gulls while I whacker in the shower. Um, I like birds. There's a lot of seagulls around. Are there? I think it's because it's damp and uh, they think that the sky is the ocean. Hmm. Are they flying around upside down? Yep. Freaking out because they think they're drowning. <laughs> they keep they keep diving into the Just air. Yeah, into space. <laughs> uh, Ashton says, Jick, are you still enjoying Hearthstone? Boy, am I. When was that asked? January of 2014. Jesus. So apparently, yeah, I was enjoying it then. I'm enjoying it a bunch. Hamfish said in January of 2014. Uh, so a couple times I've recommended some things to watch or listen to, such as Night Vale or the Aquabats, uh, because I thought you guys would enjoy them and any ele- and elements from them would probably fit into the kingdom really well. Well, I have another thing to suggest, a British show called The Mighty Boosh. The first episode is kind of average, but I really enjoyed the rest, and I think you would too. You don't even have to watch them in any order. They never once refer to something that happened in a previous episode, and they even deliberately throw around inconsistencies. Anyway, I'd recommend at least trying a random episode or two. Um, we've we've watched a fair number of yeah sketches from it. Yeah, at the I've very seen least. clips at least. The, Good stuff. Old they, Greg, the old Greg sketch was something that that made the rounds many years ago. Yeah, yeah. they have. Uh, I don't know if they were like audiobooks or like radio versions, but there are all audio versions of a couple of the episodes, and I think a couple episodes that were not also TV episode plots and those are really good as well I've been watching the um, with what is it with Bob and David the like the Mr. Show reboot kind of I guess yeah it's okay a lot of really high concept stuff that just doesn't really pay off I kind of want like a guided tour of Mr. Show. Like, I'm not sure that I want to just watch all of it because I think that it was pretty experimental and was therefore probably pretty hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Um, I've liked a lot of the things that I've seen from it. 
But if there was just like a play, like a YouTube playlist of like, these are the 30 funniest Mr. Show sketches, like then I would feel better about coming into the new one. I don't know why I feel like I just can't watch it. If, if I don't know that I ever watched Mr. Show, but if it is structured the same way that this one is, it, uh, things bleed into one another. Yeah. There is like, there's like, I don't, there's a weird sort of absurd continuity. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that becomes very important for a joke. Sometimes it's, there are things that are fine in isolation, but yeah. Deus Ex Machina says, is the angry Jung man familiar Jung at heart? You don't get to just make the same joke <laughs> again. <laughs> also, no. It, it. Yes, okay. Uh, let's see. Deus Ex Machina says, in general, do you think of dessert as something you eat with a spoon or a fork? Like, I get that there's some desserts like pie that you eat with forks and others like bowls of ice cream that you eat with spoons. But in general, what utensil do you think of when you hear dessert? I think spoon. Spoon, yeah. Because I like a, I like a, like a creme brulee. You know, I like a sherbet. Sugar soup. Yeah, yeah. Like a, like a melted milkshake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> glass of port that would be really hard to eat with a fork. Mm-hmm. It would. A glass of pork. Port. <laughs> Got ham? Some, some sugared some sugared pork cubes. <laughs> Those are too small. They fall between the They have salted the pork. Tines. Why do they not have yeah, sugared exactly. pork? That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um Turkish delights are kind of like sugared pork. <laughs> that's true. They're ju- I mean they're sort of like sugared horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sugar hoof. Yeah. We should just start referring to all gelatin as sugar horse. There's a lot, like, you know, a uh, uh, fuck. What do you call the thing with lady fingers and espresso in the the oh, barista? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Seriously, what's that dessert called? Uh, tiramisu. Tiramisu. Yeah, that's kind of fork. Okay, but you could eat it with a spoon, though. So, right, like. There are very eat, few things that you, you could eat pie with a spoon. Right. I mean, there are a few, very few things that you could eat. Like noodles is a thing that's much easier to eat with a fork than it is just a spoon. Right. And is there anything that you can eat with a fork, but not a spoon? That's what I just said. No, I'm saying, is there like, so. <laughs> oh, I, dessert. Yeah. Though. No, I'm saying, is there like, th- th- it's easier. You could eat spaghetti <sighs> with a spoon, though, right? You could just cut up the noodles. Uh, so like, and. I guess. Yeah. And I guess olive. In the bottom of an aspirin bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Although I guess you could just okay. The the aspirin bottle is nailed to a surface (laughs) that you can't flip over. Can I fill it with water like a crow? Yeah, a little bit. You have to spit it in there a little bit at a time. But you still wouldn't be able to get it out with a spoon. You don't have a beak. Uh... Also, the crow this was is trying radio. to get the water. I might have a beak. He dropped, he dropped rocks in to get the <laughs> to water. water. It was I like know. He I dropped know. water in to get... He really wanted that rock. Yeah. Because <laughs> it ah, floats. Shit. Now it's even harder to get to. What was I thinking? Drops, drop rocks in there so that the olive floats up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess uh, both...
Uh, let's see. Damastus says, other than draining MP early on and a couple of bosses, is there any reason facial expressions are effects rather than intrinsics? Well, yes, because they... To recast them? Yeah, I mean, they they are meant to cost a resource, right? Like, because to a brand new player, they're a thing that you don't think of as just a thing that you're going to run all the time because one MP per turn is an actual resource commitment. Right. So, I mean, just something having a cost that is too low for an experienced player to really notice doesn't mean that it doesn't have a cost. Right. Do, and and it's not equivalent to just making it free to a lot of people. Do you uh, worry that if it wasn't intrinsic that your face would just stick, stay that way. It would just stay that way forever. Yeah. Like inherently. Also, there'd then have to be a way to get rid of the intrinsic, which I mean, I guess just using the skill again would do it is how we normally do that. But I mean, I recognize that I ultimately did make some toggleable intrinsics, but that doesn't mean that everything should be like that, right? Like there should still be buffs and there should still be self buffs because especially in the context of an ascension run like every every mp counts what if what about a challenge path that was all about loathes it's like the opposite of buffs it's like you have these skills which cost mp to use but they all they do is like lower your stats and damage you and that kind of thing and the leaderboard is who had the most loathing like who was able to ascend with the most loathe the most like sort of like (laughs) it's like the emo cut yourself path yeah yeah i don't know if i mean that seems like the kind of thing that is a that is a good idea, but then ends up sort of not being fun in terms of the actual behavior that you have to go through. Correct. Right? The sort of Harrison Bergeron path where the more weights you... I mean, in a way, monster level is like that, right? Like the, the existing leaderboards, sure. well, it, they used to at least when monster level was more important to getting through ascensions quickly. Um, it was sort of like how much extra damage... Are you going to pile on? I think people still use monster level as a way to get stats so that they don't have to power level explicitly, right? Maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe it wouldn't, it, maybe power leveling would be a problem if there weren't readily available sources of monster level and ways to survive them. All right. Uh, Hamfish says, I would be all for three per- extra permanent classes, but it would be a lot of work for you guys to make them like current classes. You probably already heard this from other people, but there are a few things you didn't mention on the last show, as well as the C skills, uh, class appropriate equipment from the elder gods, class appropriate rewards from clan dungeon bosses, including the special Dreadsylvania skills from the machine, actually all class specific rewards slash equipment from everything. Uh, the classes the mini adventurer can choose, I guess other old items of the month too, like smithsness equipment, although since they're old, probably not an issue. I'm probably forgetting something, but yeah, there are a few. Again, I think new official classes are a great idea and could help renew interest in the game. I just want to make sure you guys know what you're in for though yeah but we clearly wouldn't do the like cross class thing yeah the cross class thing where it's like suddenly makes a, a whole new array of right things um that would be ridiculous the 
where I'm li- so a lot of people have a lot of opinions about that after the last show um, on the forum specifically. Like that was the first time in a really long time that a that a podcast thread had made it to multiple pages in there, and it was just all a bunch of people saying like it's a terrible idea to add new classes. And that's not that's not the only sentiment. There were a lot of people who were excited about the idea of having yeah a bunch more skills to prime. It, so. There are a number of reasons that I want these things to not have to be like Avatar classes and for them to be more like regular classes. One is that I have to make three of them for a challenge path, and so I don't want to do a challenge path that's three times as much work as the challenge paths that are the most work. Two is that I don't want each of these things to have to be as powerful as all of the other classes combined. I would rather shoot for just sort of orthogonal usefulness and a power level about equivalent to a normal KOL class. So these are going to be relatively challenging challenge paths because you're going to have at best the suite of skills from one of these. Right. Hmm. I mean, until you, it, uh, unless you, so if if we were to do it the way that I'm proposing, where they just become classes after that, like it, to start with, you just while you're in the path, you're only playing as one of those three classes, and you only have perm skills from one of those three classes. So like if you had a bunch of banked karma, you could be at all of the skills after three runs. Oh, you just it would just use actual karma. To- yeah, which is that's another that's another reason that I kind of want to do it that way is because then I don't have to come up with like a novel skill progression and retention mechanic like we always do for challenge for avatar paths because that's like always a pain in the ass. And it's it's like neat to try new things out, but like we didn't really come up with an amazing idea for how skills should work in this game that we then decided to retrofit onto the rest of the the game right so it's just like oh well we would just be doing something different for the sake of doing something different and why not just like let the guild dudes sell them to you because all that infrastructure already exists and then why not let you perm them with karma because that i mean i think that's another thing that kind of rubs people the wrong way about it is because what they're accustomed to getting when they ascend in a challenge path that's another class is a skill point for that class and also the accumulated karma that they get and then don't do anything with. So then when they come back to the regular game, they have their, you know, their 30 Avatar of Boris runs worth of karma to just spend on stuff. We could, uh, so we could do all of those things and still not include them as classes outside of the challenge path. Right. Right. Except then I think it would be weird to use the existing skill system. Why? Right, or unless you could just have the skills permed outside of the class. Well, no, that's what I'm saying is like outside of the class, outside of the path. Yeah. Well, like, I, so are so when when what are are you suggesting that you would perm a skill, but what that meant was that that skill was permed for future AWOL runs, but yes. not for regular runs. Yeah. Then I think it would actually be shitty to charge karma for it. Why? Because it's just. <clears throat> it's using the the reward from that path. Yeah, it's just it, it's taking something that we used to just give people for free and then suddenly charging them for it. You know, I mean, it's not like it's not like unconscionable. It's just to use it for that purpose. You could just start each challenge run with no permed skills, right? 
Yeah. So you just you, so yeah. No, I mean that's that's a good point. Like we we don't have to have a progression mechanism for each challenge path per se, right? I think it would be confusing to people if they were perming skills and then those skills weren't permanent, right? Like, I mean, it, we could mark on there, this will only apply to future West of Loathing runs or whatever, but like, I also just kind of, you know, C.D. Moyer pointed out, last year we added 90 skills, a lot of them were new passives and a lot of power creep and it didn't destroy anything. Sure. Like it didn't ruin the game. And that like, this is something for people who have a bunch of bank karma to spend karma on something else for people to go after. And I think that if we just positioned them as this is a new kind of thing, this is a class that you can only play after your first ascension, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't get to pick it to begin with. Maybe they only have 15 skills each. They don't get special drops from clan dungeon bosses. Right. Like they, what do, do what do they get? What just, does happen? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, what happens when Boris kills a clan dungeon boss? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's like I feel like we have taken care of all of those things. Sometimes right? they're because just not allowed in clan. Dungeons. There are other classes. Yeah, sometimes they're not. But I think that that's has not like routinely been the case. Although I'm not 100 percent sure of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've had five new classes in the game and there's you know a lot of people just play the game as those things now and don't seem to like really be missing out on huge swaths of stuff yeah i don't know i mean there's plenty of time to think about it still stumps mcgee says hey riff hot stuff and jick in the past people have asked about ns11 pads and you said that you couldn't recreate that at all with the introduction of yearly pads have you considered saving the state of the game at the end of the year and offering it as an optional path that isn't way more complicated of a thing than it sounds like. Well, I mean, we could literally save the state of the game where we just dump the whole database out and all the code base and then just have this other instance of it. But but it wouldn't be you, right? And if yeah. it was you, like you'd log on to that and there would just be a bunch of database errors when it tried to reference items that you had that didn't exist in the old copy of the database. I mean, it's not like just, you know, sharding it off. Like just, you know, if there was like a weird teleporter accident and we ended up with two copies of the data center, then yeah, like obviously we've got a copy of the game. But when you logged into it, you wouldn't be logging into the same character that you're logging into in the regular. So your your take is that the uh, when you teleport, that it's no longer you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, like if it ends up, if there ends up being two of you, do you think they're both you? Oh, I, that's an excellent question. I mean, like, can one, can the one copy of you see the things that the other copy of you is looking at? Like, I think pretty clearly no. Okay. And that's Although why there are knows. like five well, million Captain Picards in heaven. Well, and so he hasn't been born yet. Riff. The, the problem, <laughs> the problem heaven with that is outside of time. You you do that split corpus callosum thing, then there's oh, two yeah. of you. Right? Uh, there are two of you, but even then, that that's I mean, that's one of you that doesn't even both know what you're thinking or seeing. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's probably multiples of us right now. Ah, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's like y- you know how. Um, well, you don't. <laughs> there's like you wake up from general anesthesia mm-hmm. kind of a little bit at a time. And like the part of you that's like looking at 
you know, your mom and talking to her and telling jokes and stuff is online way before the part of you that is aware of that or has any memories about it or anything. And that's fucking weird. Like, what's what's that all about? Who knows? Who knows what that's all about? (laughs) It's the same joke over and over again. Because you can't form memories. That would be the worst thing about being Sammy Jankus is that you'd just be telling the same stupid joke over and over again. It would be like that Ikea video where that guy's like, hey, Donna, and, and <laughs> tells the jokes, but it would be the same joke uh, every single time. It's so funny, though. It is pretty funny. <laughs> Stumps McGee continues, as an unrelated question, what are your thoughts on shared themes or mechanics for items of the month each year, similar to how they do in Magic the Gathering? This way, at the end of the year, we lose all the robot toys from 2015. Are there a lot of robot toys from 2015? But I see, I see what you mean. I mean, I think that that will probably happen as we explore sort of alternative replacements for mechanics that we don't like as much anymore. And, you know, this year sort of marked the auto kill instead of free runaway gap. I mean, I think that there are some things just in the game at large that give you free runaways, but I think that they are not as much of a thing as they were items of the month that did. stuff. Yeah. Because it was, it was, it was standard restricted content that allowed a lot of that. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to think about that in a world where an item of the month that people are actually going to buy kind of has to do everything. Make them toast. Mm -hmm. Give them a back rub. Joy says, seriously, give us a smash all option. Yeah, a lot of people really want the, um. Like, uh, smash everything that you have? To smash all the barrels at once. Yeah, yeah, just uh, pulverize every item in your inventory all at the same time. That seems, that seems extreme. Let's. You could use your mouth to do it. Your smash mouth. Oh, I was <clears throat> I was having a hard time getting there, and mm-hmm. now I know why. And now you're glad that you got there. <laughs> no, no, not really. <laughs> Giant Killer Robot says, Dear Rick, Jeff, and Jim Jam, I've been playing for 11 years, and this is my first time writing. Kale has been a part of my life for over a decade and has informed much of my design sensibilities and humor and is part of the reason I currently work in the industry. Mostly I'm writing to support the idea floated on last week's podcast about making the West of Loathing classes permanent additions to KOL. This is one of the most exciting ideas I can remember since I started playing. It gives the feeling of expanding the base game by like 50%, even though class-specific skills are well under half the current possibility space. And I think everything everybody is okay with the C slash Spooky Ribbon skills and nemesis coming along down, way down the line. Cordially, Jeff. P.S. Thanks for adding a subscription. I'm so happy that I can just pay you chumps every month without thinking about it. I'd have signed up a decade ago if you'd let me. We, oh, what a sweetheart. We think we fixed, we probably fixed a thing where uh, subscriptions that if you changed your payment information, it would just kill your subscription. And we weren't, we didn't understand why. And like people were having to cancel subscriptions and then restart them. And that was garbage and we're sorry. And I think we figured out what's going on with that. So hopefully that will stop. Yeah, and um, I know that what our goal here is to just have a button that you can press if your subscription fails to run that's like, try running my subscription again. Yeah. So that people who didn't get the chocolates this month because of some goofy fuck-up can get them. Um, yeah. And then Chris also floated the idea of, like, we could also then just put a button in Mr. Store that's just, like, buy another Mr. A instantly with my, with my subscription info subscription credentials. Which, eh, I mean, is that the, that's like the Amazon 
one click. Yeah. One click, Mr. Aang. Yep. I got an angry, I got an angry email, uh, from some lady, uh, about a purchase and then another email like 15 minutes later that was like, oh, my son bought this. Never mind. <laughs> I was like, sorry. Sula the second says, I just wanted to say that I absolutely love the idea of items of the month that provide access to zones where you can have a small handful of free adventures every day. One of the very small problems I had with char- with charters in the past was that I could never really decide if it was worth spending the adventures in those zones each day for the daily quests and such. I'm pretty sure it is, but I'd have to do a lot of math to be sure. With this, I can know at the very least I'll be visiting the zone for five adventures every day for the rest of the time I play KOL, barring standard restrictions and such, of course. I also really love having the zone access slash free adventures tied to a familiar because it ensures that I will always have a reason to play with my shiny new familiar and it will never get left by the wayside. I also love the trippy con- combat messages in the deep machine tunnels definitely my favorite combat text modification yet for a moment i was even tricked into thinking that you had set up specific messages for every item or at least every item of the month based <laughs> item because i got a message along the lines of there is a cup here and it performs its function when i use my indigo cup and wow the art gallery wow basically i love the machine elf it's one of my favorite items of the month ever i don't even know how strictly optimal it is aside from the five free adventures but as a data point i don't really care it's awesome in every way not strictly related to optimality and that's what i care about most love you guys keep being awesome less than three well i'm really glad to get that super positive feedback about it it's i really wasn't sure how people were going to react to it because as those things go it was not crazy powerful it was just kind of cute and cool and that is often what we shoot for Mm -hmm. in december uh and i'm glad that it seems like people are digging it i need to do a facebook post uh, with oh, our yeah. favorites from the the gallery from the gallery yeah, there's some really cool ones in there we also need to do some tweaks to that ui there are some things that i think you and i expect to work that the ui expect to work in one way but cdm <laughs> I think you mean able- we <laughs> mm. uh, oh yeah we need to make it so you can use a wiimote to select <laughs> different or we you and i <laughs> we you and i we <laughs> we oh the we you ui <laughs> Uh, Twinkleberry says, yes, please, to Taco Bell's canon in G. Please imagine the appropriate <laughs> accents. Love the idea of launching bean burritos at enemies to get rid of all the barrel-provided burritos. Also loving the two new charter locations. They're good times and give me something fun to do in addition to time-saving, uh, I was going to say customer service, but what I meant was community service that allows me to play in smaller chunks. Let's see. Shick says, hey, here's a probably easy request. In the tattoo browser, could the alt slash title text show the name of the outfit for tattoos that came from outfits? Seems more interesting than the file name. <laughs> yeah, the problem is all there is is the file name. That would just be checking to see what outfit had that file name as its tattoo field. I feel like, the, yeah, the tattoos are like a really ancient aspect of the... Yeah, they're really reliquary, I would say. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Elfin says, I would never in my lifetime expected to read the sentence, a small pearlescent cornflower aquamarinagon scrutinizes you and beams, but it is so great. Also a question, why is it an elf? Oh, it's a, it, because it's about the elves that Terrence McKenna and apparently everyone else who has ever taken DMT saw as a result of their DMT hallucinations. Did that I, I is forget? so trippy. I did not tell you, uh. I got a K-mail from somebody who was like, oh, hey, I really like the machine elf. And so does my girlfriend, who is Terrence McKenna's niece. And also <laughs> she's writing this. She's writing a paper about game or she's getting a 
doing some kind of academic work about game design and wanted to talk to me. I'm like, ah, cool. She's like, she'll talk to you about her family if you want. I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm not Wild. super. I'm not su- like, if I guess if there's anything you want me to ask her about Uncle Terrence. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not I, like, I just. I feel like I got everything I needed to know out of all of the reading that we did for research. Yeah. Man, I think the best thing you were talking about that was it was it Arrowhead what page? Oh, I don't remember, but yeah, what whatever form that was that we found of people talking about that, that was pretty good. Yeah, the comments section was just a gold mine. There was one per- I think my favorite one was somebody who said, "I'm glad I read this because I would never in my life want to use a drug that did something this stupid." <laughs> what what do you mean by this stupid? It was like this sounds really stupid and I don't want to take a drug that will make me see these stupid things. Huh. Mm. The ones that freaked me out were the like the handful of negative experiences where they like the alligator was like anally violating somebody just over and over and over again until the drug wore off. That would have been uh, less good as an item of the month. Yeah. <laughs> the an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's a guy that makes analogies. What? Come on. Get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> wow. Kuerti says, to be fair, I did that art before the public art gallery was released. I didn't know it would get publicized. To be fair, I probably still would have done it. <laughs> somebody, I, I wish I'd written down who it was, but somebody did a really high quality dick butt. Did you not upgrade it? Uh, I did. Okay. Yeah. Did you, did you click the, we don't have the, this is genitals button yet. I don't remember if we talked about that. One of the in- interface enhancements that I want for the art gallery is for, in addition to the thumbs up and thumbs down link for there to be a link. That, oh, I did. We did talk about this because yeah. we talked about Jamelli being responsible for it. I do like the idea of the just genitals filter. Just genitals. That sounds like a product. So you would also have to have like, this is like not genitals hot dogs. <laughs> because of, uh, because of people trolling the system, right? Yeah. That's the problem. It's the false positives. Yeah. Mm, I'm pretty hungry, and I feel like I heard Jim show up. Do you want to just go get some food? Sure. All right. Sorry for the short show. Uh, but there's the short shrift. We're really kind of digging into older questions. Uh, Send us your questions, listeners. Well, sure. I mean, we don't... There just hasn't been much going on in the last week or okay. so. And so, yeah. Maybe next week. Maybe next week there'll be like an insanehedron of... There should <laughs> be some things out that people might have questions about, so... Okay, good. Uh, next week show as usual. No, no day Shit. later. Oh, dollar shorter. I think so. What? Wait, one week from now, will we be in? Yeah. Uh, one week from now, I will be in. You on, will my, be. on my way to, you will be in Arizona. Arizona. I will not be. Yeah. I'll be, I will be in the air is the problem. I see. Like, so I couldn't, I couldn't be in Arizona and, and record the show. Cause I, it, I would have changed the flight. I think if I had been thinking about it, are you going to take the recorder with you so that you can get your end and all yep. set up here? And okay, yep. it's, this is, let's talk more about our logistics. There'll be a show. <laughs> well, the people want to know whether this oh, will yeah. be a show or you, not. As, and on the flip side, you need to bring all the booze that I have purchased for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> I've got a box of, of, uh, chocolate martini supplies. Oh, 
that I got uh, at, at low, low prices. Well, that'll be exciting for all the moms. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, guys, I've had a good time recording this episode of the Kingdom of Loathing podcast with you, and I hope we do it again in eight days with a bunch of weird logistical changes. And It'll uh, actually be Thursday night. Listeners, I hope you'll join us, and until you do, make a hamburger out of farts. Good night, everybody. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>